0: Come along to another episode of x files talk x files the only podcast that knows the real reason it's taken so long for any new episodes to come out is because Mulder got lost rowing his boat on the open ocean <laughs> and, and the reason he and scully broke up is because he refused to stop and ask for directions
1: <laughs> that's actually that's what happened that's probably accurate <laughs>
0: Hi everybody, thank you for listening. Um, as usual, I am David Howard, and I have with me today Avi Kihara and Roy Olson from X-Files.News. Hey guys. Thank you both for coming. So today um, we are just two days away from the revival actually coming on our TV screens, um, which means today we are here to discuss the second movie, I Want to Believe. Yes. So, um, I want to
2: believe that this will be a nice vlog, or a nice podcast about this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to believe that the revival is better than the last movie.
2: <laughs> it's definitely better already. <laughs> yeah,
1: we've seen like half of
0: it. Shut so. up, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, we're actually recording this um, not the Thursday before this goes live, which we've done for the last couple of weeks, and which we will be doing uh, from now on. Uh, so, it's only been a couple of days since we did last week's podcast, so we don't have any news to report, but uh, do keep an eye on xfiles.news as well as all their Facebook and Twitter and everything else for any last-minute news or announcements or any uh, media appearances by David and Gillian and so on. Yeah? Yeah, yep. definitely. <laughs> so, um We'll kick off then. We actually have two listener questions this week, um, both from Anna Karen and... Well, I'll just go into them for you. The first question she asks is, uh, where was Mulder's bathroom located before the Dreamland two-parter? Did he even have one? So these are the kind of, you know, nitty-gritty kind of details that we like to explore here, so... Well, he didn't have a bedroom before Dreamland. (laughs) He had one, it just wasn't used as a bedroom. Um...
2: It's, it was there. It was just like tucked away. I, I kind of like I don't know why in my head before. Even he he was even like I didn't even like realize about the bathroom thing until like all things I think, and in my head for whatever reason I always I I always thought that the bathroom was. Like when you enter the room to your right, because there's like that space there that you can't really account for, like in some yeah, kind next of to like... The, like the entryway. Yeah, yeah. That's um,
0: that's what I was thinking too.
2: I think that is actually yeah.
1: dead space technically. If you're gonna like map out the blueprints, there's just like this like open space. <laughs> in yeah.
2: While side. if you like go into doing how they did in all things, it kind of doesn't make sense because that would. Correspond to where the window for his living room is. Yeah, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean, like one. you could
1: have like the bathroom and the like closet, like basically like in is between his... the living room and the bedroom, and in that like section of the wall or something. Is
0: his yeah. apartment the last one though on that hallway? Because there could be a window. I think it's the last one. I I think,
2: have... Yeah, I kind of. Think yeah, so. I think so. I so have there
0: to... could be a window then if. You know, it was next to the bedroom, to the right of the bedroom, sort of thing. The window could be the same wall as the header of his bed.
1: Yes. <laughs> no, <But> no. I'm <laughs> gonna
2: tell you. I'm gonna tell you why it doesn't make sense. Okay, so the so the room is right there, right? Then there's a bunch of windows on on so like if you enter on the left and the door to the to the bathroom is, like, right in that corner. So the room would have to be, like, way longer or, like, way wider than it is right now for that bathroom to make sense there without being in the same space of the living room window.
0: Uh, actually, so, when when Scully comes in, she comes in through a door that's at the foot of the bed, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So, like, it doesn't make any sense, that, that
0: bathroom there. Like so, it. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. That's it, it. was there, but it wasn't there. It doesn't make sense. But no, the
2: bathroom had to be on the other wall, which I don't understand why he didn't. They didn't use that space. I don't know. Probably didn't look as nice.
0: Okay. But previous to Dreamland, he probably brushed his teeth in the kitchen sink, anyway. So <laughs> 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 I, I think he like, could
1: have gotten into his bedroom anyway. So,
0: yeah.
2: dude, I I had like I don't understand people that do that. Like that's always one of my pet peeves. Like bathroom things or restroom things have to happen. In restrooms so like one time I had to live in this house where I had to brush my teeth every day at the sink and they didn't do the dishes every day it was so bad <laughs> like no <laughs> so that was a really bad memory right now
1: obviously like Scully has the nicer apartments, so yeah. she's got like a spare bedroom and everything
0: that's why she refuses to give it up, even after the number of home invasions. She saw yeah, something.
1: she's like, no one yeah, is taking she,
0: this from me.
2: And she has like a like a back porch kind of breakfast nook, kind of a thing. Yeah, the, and yeah. she's got stained glass and stuff.
1: I have yeah. no idea how she affords that, given like what the general salary is for an FBI agent. But
2: I'm gonna go with like she found it from someone that had it rent control, and it's totally subletting.
0: Probably. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. So, uh, Anna Karen's quest, uh, second question is, if you find a crashed UFO, is it still a UFO? I think we all know the answer to this one. It's a fallen angel. Right. Ah, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean,
1: technically, no. I mean, you don't know exactly where it's from, so it's still like unidentified, but it's like an unidentified crashed object, <laughs> so, not, so like, be, it's not like you're flying, but yeah. The yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> that, was a, that was a good underrated episode, Fallen Angel. A little weird with like the radiation thing, but still good.
0: Yeah. So you go, two questions definitively answered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, if you do have any questions for us, uh, anything at all to do with X Files, please go to Xfiles.talkxfiles.com and send them in to me. Or you can contact me on Facebook or Twitter. I am David T. Harwood on both of those. And also at this point since I'm asking for you to contact us I uh, just want to say that this is probably going to be the last episode We actually do a quiz portion of the podcast oh. So if you have any suggestions for anything else we could do On the revival episodes in place of that Please let me know <laughs> And now we're going to discuss everybody's second favourite X-Files movie I <laughs> want to believe <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah And Okay so this movie has got an unfair reputation I think. I agree. Um, Over the years I've you know tried to defend it as best I can and I'm going to do that to an extent today Um, but first I think let's sort of backtrack a little bit because it's been six years um, between the show ending and this movie coming about there were a couple of false starts in between. At one point there was talk of them doing a mythology episode and actually tying up the whole alien invasion on December 22nd, 2012 in a neat little bow. That never happened. So, Avi, can you give us a bit of the history of um, what happened behind the scenes leading up to this movie getting made? Sure.
2: So... um When the movie got greenlit, or not greenlit, but, like, the conversation started happening, there was also a brewing conflict between the studios and the Writers Guild. So, they have been in conversations for a while, and these conversations were also stalled because there had been also some sort of litigation between chris carter and the studio over royalties for the show so after that got resolved then they got into conversations about the movie and then when they formalized and like yeah we're for sure want to do this they were pretty adamant about like you need to do this right now it's uh, like they weren't willing to like let it brew and let it go into development like they should have and this is really funny because in hindsight I'm not in hindsight, considering how the process with the revival went, I feel like it, this is always the case with the exiles. It's like you need to do it now. It's like they they don't understand or they don't give the luxury that they give to other products of like, oh, we're just like gonna develop this you know properly um so what happened then was that I think it was around April that they were for sure having conversations, April 2007, and then they went ahead and uh, gave the green light about, I'm going to say, six months later. Uh, like, the way it works is that when you get an official green light, it's not, all oh, then we are writing, no, they were writing through that time, and when you get the green light is basically what when the studio starts dispersing money to you, so they were good to go to go and shoot um and they had to do it right away because the strike was about to start, and what happens is that once you once you are on a strike for the writers there's you can't do any writing on a product that is part of the guild and and both frank and chris are part of the DWGA. DW, so once they were locked into that version of the script if they were on set and they saw that they wanted to change anything from the script they would go into blatant violation of the union rules and they could get anything from a fine to being shut down depending on what kind of changes you're doing to the script and there's obviously changes that happen in editing but if they were on set and saw suddenly a scene that needed crucial rewriting they couldn't do anything Um, so so I mean, there was also the thing where where Chris and, and Frank agreed to do a smaller movie, basically because they weren't being given a whole lot of money to do this project. Um, and the scope of a mythology movie, just like Fight the Future, would take a lot more money that they were given for, I want to believe. Um, and And, you know, from the beginning they were being... They were being told that they were gonna be a summer movie, which it was a very bad mistake. Considering that they not only were they not a summer movie, but they also went against Batman. Mm. Um, and in you know, I guess schedule wise, everyone was pretty a lot more open than they were right now for the revival, but. And then there's rumors that Dean Haglund, from some, from time to he says that they lost the the initial plans or the initial script and, and and index cards for this movie, and that they had to rewrite a a lot of the movie as they had planned. Um, so there, it wasn't it wasn't according to sources, it wasn't the best scenario to come back to. Um, I don't. I particularly. I mean, I know that this is probably going far past us this question, but like, I don't particularly agree with people that say that this is the worst thing that they could have ever done, or like, or that the movie scrap or anything like that. I feel like, and 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 yes, there are days where I watch this movie. I'm like, this is definitely not what it should have been, and and we should have had something different. But at the same time, you, you know, judging the movie by what the movie is, it's not a bad movie. And it has moments where, like, some days I'm like, these are brilliant moments. And, and like, growing the characters of Mulder and Scully. And, um, and just as writing itself, it's really well written for certain parts. Um, but then there are days where I'm like, I just really, really wanted a mythology movie. And then Fox went and sold this movie on, on trailers and on like all this, you know, publicity stuff as a larger movie than the movie was, and and that was a huge mistake, because, you, I mean, there's, being in the business, I know that there's some kind of, and I did, on air promotions for a long time for HBO so I, I I was doing promotions for like all these movies that you get to watch on HBO every day and I remember getting movies that were not very good or like were probably not exactly for our audience and we had to like you know skirt around what really the movie is about and try to sell it a little bit for our audience so you kind of lie a little bit to what the movie is but I think they were they went too far into trying to convince the audience into liking the movie for something that the movie wasn't. So that was, for like, in one of my... Like, my opinion is that, that was one of the biggest mistakes that they did as far as, like, you know, strategies. And then, you know, put it in, in July when it should have been an
0: October movie, probably. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I was trying to think earlier what sort of marketing there was around this and I really can't remember.
1: There were like three commercials (laughs) and they were like in the 48 hours before it came out. That was the only time I ever saw them and I was like waiting for them too. (laughs) But,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I don't don't think I really knew what this was going to be going into it. You know, it was definitely, I knew it was going to be a smaller movie than Fight Mm -hmm. the Future. I knew it was are going to be a standalone, which I was actually kind of welcoming after the way the mythology went in the last two seasons of the show. Right. Um, but I didn't know what to expect. I mean, we all saw the, the photo of the werewolf mask and stuff, and was <laughs> kind of teasing everybody, and this, all the secrecy around it. So, But yeah, I mean, I don't recall that there had been any sort of marketing or anything to sort of set up a fair expectation as to what the film was going to be.
2: It's funny because like I was I was by the time that their actual promotional campaign kicked in, <laughs> I wasn't really working for XFN and but I was also traveling and, and I had the opportunity to go to one what I consider was one of the biggest polls for supporting the movie that they had that year, which was um, in Chile. Ironically, it was not in the states. Uh, they went and supported this convention that happened in Santiago de Chile where Chris and Frank went to, um, and they held this convention for three days, they screened episodes, they had a huge collection of um, like memorabilia from the show that was on display, they had the office set up, it was really, really great. Um, like, there, there were displays where they had, like, Mulder's tombstone and they had Scully's tombstone and, like, her cross. And they had this gigantic man going on as well. And it was, it was a great thing. It, wasn't, it, it was really well planned. So, at the same time, it was kind of confusing to then come to the state and see zero support. Because I I finished that and I came to the L.A. premiere and the only thing that they did and it wasn't well planned was that they led the fans in the Chinese theater when they had the premiere and there was just so much expectation but at the same time they weren't really, like, the product that they were selling was never what they had. So it was kind of like getting, you're selling me like this blue towel that at the end of the day, whenever I open it, it's going to be a red hand towel. So, I don't know. I feel, yes, it it was probably not the best monster of the week. If this had been a movie, if this had been an episode during the series, um, it would probably been like one of you know, average ones, not even, like, a really, really remarkable one. But it gave the opportunity in terms of their relationship to explore things that we probably wouldn't have ever seen in the series. And it's funny because just now on the events that just happened uh, at family and all this stuff, um, Chris got asked about... um, The the movie as well, and he said that the studio thought, (laughs) what was it, Roy? That he said. Oh, mm, so
1: one of the he said this over the yesterday that one of the Fox executives who looked at like an early cut, and this was when it was like more gruesome, thought it was quote torture porn, um, and they told him he was not allowed to do a lot of that, and that they had to cut it back. So,
2: yeah. (laughs) No. So makes you wonder because we've seen some of what the new episodes will bring. And we're not going to spoil anything, but, I mean, there's certain stuff that I saw in in one of the episodes that it's gory enough not to be on at 8, 8 p.m., you know? So, it's it's kind of like a draw of the, life, like, you know, who gets to audit what goes on and what doesn't, and... I feel like maybe had we had a gorier movie, it would have probably been better. I don't know. Cause then a lot of people were complaining that, oh, you know, the two-headed dog, it's like laughable. You, you don't really get to see the actual danger of it all. So, I don't know. I mean, I refuse to say that this was a bad movie because I appreciate it. I can see where other people, say that it was definitely not what we needed
0: yeah it, it kind of put a damper on the whole thing and it's not really a, that great a surprise it's took, taken as long as it has now to get any more X-Files after this um, yeah because they, what they tried to do a third film after this for quite a while and then that just kept not happening and unfortunately we got given the opportunity to have a, a revival on the TV show so um, yeah I'm just gonna, gonna say um, when I first saw this you know I came out you know I went into the theatre just really really excited and not really knowing what to expect and I came out completely deflated um, I don't think I watched the film again until it came out on DVD and after subsequent reviewings of it you know came to appreciate it more for what it was and what it was trying to do and sort of seeing how you know it it really kind of explores the whole um, idea of what the X-Files is about which is the exploration of faith and you know like the fact that the movie doesn't go too far in any one direction it kind of leaves things open enough for you as an individual watching it to decide what it means to you so there's arguments to be made in support of the film but yeah i mean on first viewing i was just completely disappointed not quite sure what was supposed to be the x-file there (laughs) (laughs) and i think i spent most of the film you know just thinking okay there's going to be some sort of shocking revelation now and it's all going to make sense and it's going to be an X-File and (laughs) before I knew it they were rowing off into the sunset.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well I mean and then there were like a lot of criticism about why does this couple have to be gay and why like I had a few questions about like okay so why does it have to be gay if we want to be like Cut an age into like trying to be in the new times that where we openly talk about you know people that are transgender or not. Um, then there's a whole discussion of like, okay, so they're gay, and apparently one of them wants to be transgender but because they're looking for women's bodies instead of men's bodies. Um, and then you, you know, and, and it's like there were other things that were kind of. Why bring two or three new agents when we had, you know, we had Annabeth Gish and we had Robert Patrick. And as much as you, what you brought up that you weren't quite sure about what the mythology had been at the end of the show. The more that I watched the show and I've been going through the rewatch with the rewatch crew. The more that I kind of feel like had they had the time to actually and properly develop this movie and be fair about this product that has brought the studio so much money, they they could have done what they're going to do with their, their revival in some way, is that they can still develop a standalone episode, still mentioning a little bit of what the show was in terms of mythology without being completely confusing. And I just don't think that all the circumstances around this gave them any way to be successful. And it's really unfair to kind of like point fingers, especially at 1013 or at Frank or at Chris, because after the movie there was a lot of blowback and, and, and finger pointing at them. Um, kind of like saying, oh, you destroyed my character. There was a lot of people that were like super negative about the movie. And I, while I want to understand how they get to these uh, conclusions, it, it's really, uh, I mean, and I know that it's really hard to understand when you're not part of the business and, and really understand the, the weight of what these obstacles were. Um, there was no need of going to those, you know, extremes of where like the people that actually were constructing these episodes were actually being blamed, you know, for something that actually didn't happen. Um and I just I and I think we've revisited this this conversation a million times on XFN. I wish that Fox and I I say this with some reserve i wish that fox had a lot more support and like a a little bit of a, a better look into how this franchise should be treated differently um because this is what i mean with how the revival has been treated it's like it needs to happen now meanwhile all their products that they have are given a different treatment and and the creators have time to you know properly cast properly sit down and develop something um and this is this is not to say that you know chris carter and and even frank and don't have responsibility into like actually taking a stand and saying we're not gonna do this halfway you know maybe that's the one thing i would definitely blame them for um but I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know that that's ever going to be this. That you know that the situation is ever going to be better when you know you're tied to the constraint that this franchise is usually being tied to. So, I don't know. I mean, I was also kind of disappointed whenever the revival talks started. And the more and more I saw kind of like, oh, we just want to disregard that the movie ever happened. And the way that the, the revival is being sold right now, they always go into like, oh, 13 years after. I'm like, no, we had X-Files <laughs> eight years ago. So it's that inaccuracy too about, you know, how do you, that for me as a fan, it, it's a little bit infuriating because, I mean, you you need to take what the franchise is, and the franchise includes this movie. Whether you want to refer to it or not, whether you have, you know, contractual constraints in the way that, you know, your ten, 20th century Fox television and Tenth century Fox movies, you know. So, sometimes there's, like, a lot of constraints that you can you cannot talk about by the future, you cannot talk about want to believe because they're not studio. Yeah. They're you know, so, um, okay, I, I I will understand that, but you can't just like, you're damaging the friend, the the, the brand by doing this because then you are accepting defeat in any way. And if I were the person doing their PR and and bless them, they're doing a a great job in certain things. But like for the fandom, it's just laughable sometimes because then it just, kind of feels like you either do not know your product or you know you're just kind of landing into what's going on today or like all of a sudden you just want to side what the people were so excited just a few years back and then there's a lot of people that would swear by the movie and really love it so you're like discriminating against these people and they do not understand what that means in terms of fandom in in terms of what And not even just fandom as the nature of fandom, but, like, the fans of the franchise, per se. It's really confusing as a communication strategy. So, you know, it's really funny how this movie that was supposed to be this really small movie and, like, you know, understated and, like, you know, philosophical, then all of a sudden became kind of, like, such an argument, because it wasn't, it didn't become such an argument because of the topic or anything like that, it's just because it happened,
0: and it, I don't, I don't know, yeah. I, it, I think a lot of that is just because it wasn't, you know, I understand the need for secrecy and they want to keep people surprised and they don't want to spoil stuff, they want people to experience it in the theater, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they just didn't set up any expectations as to what. We should be prepared to sit down and see. We knew it wasn't going to be, you know, a huge blockbuster, but yeah. we expected maybe, um, I don't know, something closer to Kill Switch than to, um, this. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, you expected more of a, a, a bigger episode, you know? You expected a home or something rather than just, um,. I'm trying to think of a really low key, uh, say all things, you know.
2: Right, but like, imagine if like what Chris said yesterday: had they had the ability to make it something like Home, really gory and really, I don't know.
0: I'm not. Why I'm not it, dissing him. I'm just saying that in terms of the marketing, it wasn't there was yeah. no expectation level set for us yeah. to go, and I think that's what the initial wave of disappointment was with with the movie you know, and a lot of people kind of dismissed it on that and probably didn't go back to review it again or maybe had several years later and and still didn't appreciate it where there was others of us that saw it a few times, you know, in quick succession or relatively quick succession and kind of appreciated what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, the movie itself is not bad, it's not wonderful. I don't think but it's better than a lot of people give it credit for and in terms of mm-hmm. the topics and what it's trying to do it's yeah. decent it's just there was no sort of expectation level set for people to go in and enjoy this movie right from the beginning
1: yeah and there were people who weren't in the fandom like active who didn't even know what was happening like, like they, <laughs> if they weren't, like, on the internet, they had, like, no idea until they, like, were at their local movie theater and there was a poster. Um, so, yeah. And as you can tell, Abby has some strong feelings about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically what she said. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's It's I – mean, and, I, and I saw this movie so many times, too, because then – Back then and this is like insanely crazy how this feels like another lifetime, but back then I was a president of the fan club in Venezuela where there when there were fan clubs per country back in the day. Um and we I I went with every member of the of the fan club whenever they wanted to go. Uh Fox was gracious enough to hold um the premiere with us and gave us merchandise. This is the thing. I felt that Fox supported like regionally this movie a lot more than Fox US did. And it's funny because in Venezuela we're like a super tiny market. We make no difference into how much a movie is going to bring to the overall potluck of whatever. And and I mean I probably know all the dialogue by now, and I I don't want to spoil anything in regards to the revival, but, like, there are some parts of this movie that I actually feel are a little bit better. Um, And and, and there's, like, uh, I don't know. I feel it was also... Whenever you saw the trailers, there were like images of like the army going into places and all this stuff, and I'm like, that was never, that was never in the movie. And I understand that sometimes you use found footage and and many other things to sell your product, but that was a big, big mistake because when people actually did get the attention, uh, or their attention got drawn by all these trailers that they were running very late into the game they were being convinced that the movie was something entirely different yeah and and you don't you don't do that (laughs) so yeah i promise that that's i think that's all i think about (laughs) (laughs) that's it
0: (laughs) so Ryan, any other thoughts from you
1: um covered a lot of it but um i want to believe we'll always have like a special place in my heart um because i became a fan the summer before it was announced oh wow um because i was like two when the x-files started (laughs) um so i was like not allowed to watch it as an infant uh and, um, like, the theme song used to, like, scare me when I was little, (laughs) um, and I had, like, you know, I was not allowed up, like, when it was airing, so I just never, ever saw it, um, and that, like, brought me into the fandom, and it really, like, brought the fandom back to kind of together again, it, like, brought some, like, new life to it, and people met each other, and those people are still friends now, and, um, there's been events after that, and, um, I think it was, like, a you know, people also overlook like what it did for like the fans mm-hmm. as well as just like adding to the franchise. Um, So I'll always like it for that. I remember going to like the midnight screening um, and like I was just like so excited about like the Mulder and Skelly parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, but no, but like it's definitely been important in, like, the fandom's development, and I don't think we'd be where we are today without it. I know XFN wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and weird. all the stuff we've done, it's just, like, it all kind of started with I Wanna Believe, so um, people can say what they want, but <laughs> you're never going to be able to convince me that it was, like, a mistake. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, and, and it's a thing where, like, the, even the Don't Give Up uh, motto that now the fandom kind of holds up, thankfully fully by because it was supported by Frank Spotnitz and then Chris Carter took it on, on, on the revival it, it came out of that and it, it became more important that people would give it credit for just like Roy said I definitely wouldn't be at XFN if it weren't for I Want to Believe XFN would, would not exist if yeah. it weren't for I Want to Believe so definitely we as a, as a team have <laughs> a lot of attachment to this thing and and I think, I mean, as for like the individual experience of fans, I think if people can look at it from without that, you know, passion or, or like expectations that they had and just evaluate it for what it is, it's a lot more enjoyable than they did at the beginning. So, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we've talked a lot about perception of the film we haven't really talked much about the actual film <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's just a strange beast this film uh, just compared to stuff that we've seen with the x-files before and obviously this is chris carter uh, co-writing and directing this one there's some interesting choices that he makes um like just now re-watching it and the bit where skinner finally appears towards the end Mm -hmm. of the film and he sort of comes into shot as Scully goes I'm with Walter Skinner and points towards the camera then he sort of steps in front of us we see the back of his head and you expect some sort of flourish in the music or something as he turns into profile but instead he just turns and it's just very quiet and understated and
1: well, that's because people were cheering loudly in the theater <laughs> when he showed up. I think I cheered. Yeah, I
0: do. I do remember that, but yeah, it's kind of strange watching it at home, you know, on, on iTunes and just seeing that bit play out in silence. It's of okay. So right. that's, that, that could basically describe, you know, the entire vibe of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have that weird woo woo touch when we have the image of um, Bush as the president. <laughs>
1: it was just saying how times have changed.
0: Yeah, I will say that bit did even get some laughs when I saw it in Texas. So,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those films. What what do you really say about it? I mean, it's all to do with the themes for me, this Yuck. movie, and it's all, you know, seeing aspects of the show that we've loved over the years, and there's, uh, I don't know, there's no sort of core to it, which is really amazing and drives everything, there's a lot of different stuff going on, it's a very subtle sort of film, and I think that's why it's difficult to talk about it, I think.
1: Yeah. Whereas, like, Fight the Future has that, like, main huge, like, plotline driving through it where there's, like, all these other smaller stories kind of happening at the same time and I want to believe.
0: Yeah, uh, and you can say, oh, you know, how this ties into something else in the show and how this drives something else forwards (laughs) and stuff. And there's no, you know, you have lots of fairly minor characters in this as well. And, you know, the, the main character that we have is Father Joe and he's not really somebody that we want to spend a whole amount of time talking about or thinking about really. Um, you know, everything that you need to know about him or to think about the whole situation, the story is all pretty much summed up there for you anyway. So, yeah. it's interesting, there's just different strands, the way that they play around with the time, that, you know, we open with them beating the ice and it's intercut with her being attacked in the garage and stuff and and.
2: there's also like a lot of people i know that there was a lot of criticism about where these characters were like so oh so now scully is a doctor and Mulder is just holed up in the house and then there's you know they come asking for help and they do not take that long to get convinced and to go into action. Um, but and, and then criticize whenever Scully decides that wants to leave Mulder. And I feel like that's a conversation that ha- we've had over and over again because of their variable as well, is that a lot of people want to hold on to what Mulder and Scully were in 1998 or in 2012 or like i'm sorry in 2002 and and the 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 concept of change is something that apparently is really hard for this fandom because i was completely all right with you know scully wanting out at some point because people change and people get tired and 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 frustrated by not getting what they want out of life, not even like knowing really what they want out of life, just knowing that this what they're getting is definitely not it. And that's a whole discussion with this movie is that, you know, they're in a moment where these two characters are definitely changed. They're been beating by, you know I still there. Yep. Yeah. Um they've been about like having had left their kid somewhere <laughs> I don't know where the FedEx truck left them. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure into these characters and, and their, their reality. And I felt, that, for me, that, that I like the movie because it seemed real. Like, it seemed like it, it maybe it might not seem like what we're used to in this larger than life realities with Mulder and Scully. It's definitely
0: jarring after the season that contained Audrey Pauly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Like, I can see where people used to seeing this kind of things, stepping into a more kind of naturalistic and realistic kind of way in a kind of scene, characters, like, it would be jarring. Like, I, I can see that. But I also welcome that change. And I know that this is also a thing where, like, Chris and Frank have been Writing other things during this time and and Frank had been writing a ton of things during this time where you're no longer in that m- kind of magical reality that the exiles always wear um because even though the the exiles were super dark and the exiles were and went and criticized so many other things and they they had the conspiracy to them and all this stuff there there's a texture to the exiles through the show where you can all, you can still see where these are kind of superheroes. You know, kind of like a normal person might not react this way because there's an elevated, um, you know, level of, you know, anguish and, and paranoia and that they're living into. As for like these characters, and I want to believe it's like they're separated from that reality. They're no longer in that reality. So the way that they reacted, for me, it was a lot more natural because probably had they written... Had this movie happened right after the ninth season, I could totally see where Scully would have had an issue with stepping away from Mulder and setting her foot down and saying, I'm leaving. Because in her mindset, it would have been, you know, still... That process where she would, you know, give anything just to stay in the fight. But she had been away from the fight for a long time already. So I can I could see that as a natural reaction. And it didn't bother me at all. But, I, I mean, that's a concept that's really hard to grasp within fandom sometimes because people think that, you know, whatever happened in the last episode is just like what happened right now. Well, yeah, no, I mean...
0: So you see other film franchises and stuff though where they don't put this much thought into what has happened in the several years since the last um the last episode the last edition you know whatever Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. and you know that's something that we know we all need to be prepared for with the revival as well is that Chris that is not how he deals with things he does put a lot of thought Mm -hmm. into what has happened off screen in the the intervening years and you know it would have been so easy to have just set this movie even though it was six years later to have said okay it's it's actually taking place six months after what happened in the truth in which case it would have been very easy for people to go in pick up okay Mulder and Scully are off in the middle of nowhere and they've stumbled across some other weird shenanigans going on and yeah. you know two hours about this one case that they've been dealing on whilst they're on the run or something
2: it's because so, the darkness finds them yes <laughs> there, there's a fanfic that people that I'm someone sure wrote is. about that <laughs> oh, <but laughs> it's really it was good great it was called truth on the road yeah. and
1: we all read it, yeah. it was i bad. think like someone sent it to frank spotnitz and he was like that's awesome <laughs> um <laughs> No, but it is like a very well written fanfic, and they did it like blog style. And so, one writer wrote Mulder and one writer wrote Scully, and they didn't like read each other's posts.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, um,
1: so, like, one got into the mindset of Mulder and, and the other Scully. Um, and it was literally blog style, so you could like comment, and like Mulder <laughs> and Scully would respond to you, which was yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was really, really
2: great. Who I don't remember right now off the top of my head who read it, but like, let us see. Oh uh, right, and was it Aloysia Maybe. Um, I have to look it up, but yeah, kudos to you. We really enjoyed your work. Um, but um, but yeah, I can like have we had that movie then? It would have been yeah amazing still, and you know, I think some creative choices that I I never agreed with was you know not bringing back Reyes and Doggett. That would have been Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I just didn't like Dakota with me. And it wasn't a thing of, like, because I enjoyed her death. (laughs) And it wasn't a thing because she was trying to get in, like, with Mulder or anything. It was just, like, I didn't particularly like her character. I don't think it added up to anything.
0: Um, no, there wasn't really much substance there at all. Yeah,
2: um, and I can see where like it, it probably was hilarious to work with Exhibit, um, but also he was just like a vehicle. He wasn't really delivering something that was completely crucial. Um, and I sort of wanted more about this character that was there like AC or whatever, the mysterious woman that's right there. I kinda was like more curious about her and all the whispering that happens in the movie with her and I wanted to know why she was there, but like that didn't. Oh.
1: <laughs> also I looked it up and I was wrong. It was Dasha Kay and Adrian who's also iced tea in the bag. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you. You guys are amazing.
1: Yeah, we love you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of you, but uh, (laughs) thank you, I guess. (laughs)
1: We'll just have to, like, link you, David.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, I guess we will leave that discussion there. Um, Since you both have seen the first three episodes of The Revival, give us some advice um, as to how we can get in the right headspace so that we can appreciate where we land when we pick up with My Struggle?
1: Um, Well, I think um, going to My Struggle, you're kind of like catching up with everything, and there's like a lot happening, um, because they really need, you know, they they had talked about doing more episodes, and so they were were pretty tightly condensed into these six, um, and there's a lot more to come, but they they have to really kind of like set that all up in the first episode, which is like a lot to do. Um, So... Um, I would have liked a little bit more time in it but I think you know, you certainly catch up with the characters and you find out where they're at and you find Mulder isn't in, in a super awesome place <laughs> <laughs> um, but especially following up with the next episodes um, I really have enjoyed seeing where their characters are going and Mulder getting back into the swing of things and I thought Episode two, Founder's Mutation, was really strong. Um, Darren Morgan's episode, Mulder and Scully meet the Weremonster, Monster, was um, hilarious. Like there, and and those are just like the first three episodes, and I enjoyed all three of them. Um, so I, I, there's been some criticism of my struggle, but you know I think it's um, pretty decent um, and. I don't think anyone who listens to this isn't going to watch all six episodes, but um, I just hope um, people, like, you know, give it its time and and dive in and and really explore the characters. So that's what I would say.
2: Yeah, I agree with Roy. Um, And having, like, I'm in the process of finishing my review because I changed my mind and I'm, like, including the two episodes. (laughs) Um, Because I was going to... I was going to just do it about my struggle, but it makes no sense. People are just going to see it back to back or try to see it back to back. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's really, from a screenwriter point of view, I would say it's really hard to judge my struggle being that pilots, and this is a pilot, I mean, you, you, you've been away from this long enough that coming back it's you know it has to find its footing again um yeah it's a lot to try to bring people to the plate just like how just what Roy said um I yeah I feel it needed a little bit more time Uh, because it's not it's not just about you know starting off in one simple episode where we left off, they have to also abide to pleasing certain expectations by the studio of bringing in new audiences, and uh, new audiences that might not have seen the show. Yeah. So we're always caught up with this caveat, you know? And, And this happened with the finale of the show this happened with i want to believe it happened back in the day with the with fight the future it's, it's like at some point i don't know if this is a thing that 1013 has discussed at any point i wish they stopped explaining to people what the exiles were are because i feel like <laughs> oh there like there are enough times that we've done this in the past so you know I remember just that like, in all of the um, all
0: yeah. of the books that they did back in the day, you know, all yeah. of the like uh, novels that they wrote and stuff. And there was always that one paragraph towards the be- the one paragraph or even chapter towards the beginning where it explained that Fox Mulder's sister was abducted by aliens. Yeah, when he was just a child. <laughs> and since then he has worked in the FBI and he has found this unit called the X Files, which just yeah which investigates yeah. paranormal you know, unsolved cases. And
1: they yeah. should just like include like a Wikipedia link like at the beginning and just be <laughs> like go here if you have questions. Bye. Um, just
2: go from. At this point, I would prefer just a regular title card at the beginning of something and say like, "Yeah, this is what happened." Two two minutes of that, and I don't want to see them trying to force this conversation into any dialogue. I don't want to see it into like some awkward you know, kind of roundabout link to this case just because we have to make it part of his emotional compromise. We have already passed it. This conversation has happened a million times. And I think where it's most painfully, you know, shown, and we just went through this conversation last last podcast, is that the truth, we didn't need any of those recounts oh to feel the emotional compromise of all these characters so and then at the same time I feel like if you feel if you think that by including a short paragraph of what Fox Mulder and the x are you're going to bring in audiences to understand what the X-Files are completely I feel like you're short selling your show because the x I, I I had to so many people during the summer to actually watch with us or do their own marathon rewatches and most of them were like well just give me a list of the real important yeah. ones and like no no you need to start by episode 1x79 yeah. meaning the pilot and you've got to stop at I want to believe yeah. I'm not gonna tell you which one you're gonna skip no you're not even gonna skip space yeah or three or testo those bitches no 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 you need to watch it all and like <laughs> there's no no you can watch Fight club too yeah even like me that hates sunshine name so much please watch sunshine dance
1: yeah. I got Fight club too
2: but <laughs> yeah I mean it's just it is what it is you are jumping into a show no one that say that tomorrow morning there were a movie about Battlestar Galactica no one in the right mind, it's gonna tell you, "Oh yeah, I mean, come on, just watch a few of Battlestar Galactica and then like jump into the movie. You're definitely gonna understand." That's just not the way it works.
0: <laughs> I would disagree with that.
2: <laughs> it doesn't
1: work that way. But uh you're just missing out. Like you're never gonna get.
0: Uh, well, no, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, I get that. But if somebody was saying to me, "Oh, what you know, what what are the highlights that I, I mean?" I've given people suggestions as to you know these are the mythology ones you should watch these are the standalone ones that you should watch throughout the entire course of the show and we could, okay, of course some of that is going to be biased as to my favourites but on the whole I'm trying to give people the biggest pieces the most important pieces that I think that they will need and I'm not sure how much of that is going to be relevant um, to enjoy the revival but at least they're kind of getting a good flavour as to who these characters are and I think it's sufficient and... Yeah, but there's
2: there's a difference between trying to get the gist of what the characters are and trying to get the story of what it is. Because if you're really trying to get everything that happened, there's no. If you try
0: trying to get everything that happened, then yes, you've got to watch everything that happened. But.
2: Yeah. I mean... Because then I, I would get questions from like people that followed that these are the essential episodes that you need to watch for the revival, or all the other articles that came out with like a list of random episodes that no one actually gave logic as to why that was the choice. And then I would get questions on my Twitter, I would get questions on XFN, and I would get questions on our comments, uh, email, going like, yeah, I don't understand what happened here, and why is this happening, and why, and why is he referring to this because he didn't watch the whole show. And that is... But you can like, still
0: skip some episodes. I'm not saying that you, there's a quick, these are the 10 episodes you need to see. I mean, it's a long list, Yeah. but it's you can get there without watching all 202 episodes. That, I don't know. <laughs> I won't have I mean, Breaking Bad, I mean, that's a show where it picks up week after week. You know, you need to have seen the previous episode and every episode previous so that you can fully appreciate the next episode. Apart from the one about the fly, you could skip that one. So <laughs> there's always stuff that you can skip. And I know that that episode does add something to the show overall but I, I still think that you can safely skip that one and you're not really sacrificing that much it's not essential so
2: it's fine we're not gonna agree but i've 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 learned to disagree with you david and you're one of the few people in my life that i've learned to do that so
0: i i do feel honored that you kept you've kept coming back week after week after all of our disagreements
2: we're civil that's that's the thing
0: we can carry on that debate
2: and it's fine I
0: I think after Milagro I think that we were friends for life after we got through that
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man that was a fun show that was a good one
0: (laughs) yeah that one remains one of my favourites I think the podcast not Milagro the actual episode still can't stand it (laughs) okay um I think it's time for um, me to be completely embarrassed by the quiz that Roy has prepared. Oh yeah. So, okay, Roy, so. I'll hand over to you.
1: Alright, so I decided to pick a question for each season and movie, because um, I figured there was just a lot to encompass. <laughs> okay. um, and I just kind of went with random ones for like each thing. Um, I don't think these are tremendously difficult, but I have, like, a really good memory for, like, the totally useless information contained in X-Files episodes. So, Abby thinks they're really hard. They're hard. Um, then again, <laughs> yesterday, like, I went to an X-Files event that lasted 10 hours, and I was, like, one of the very few people who could answer the question, and I thought it was easy. So, I'm not <laughs> sure how this is going to go. Okay. But either way, you know... There's no judgment on my part. So long as there's
0: <laughs> no timing of a stare or a gaze or a kiss or a hand <laughs> on 35. the back or something. All
1: right. So uh, season one, what is the time on Mulder's watch when Mulder and Skelly lose nine minutes in the pilot?
0: Is it 11.23?
1: Is not, but there's a three in it. So
0: that's really close. Is it 10.13? No. <laughs> no. It's
1: it's 9.03 p.m. and he looks back at his watch again at 9.12 and they've lost nine minutes. Um, all right. So season two, what is the name of the barbecue restaurant where Mulder and Scully platonically eat in Red Museum? <laughs> Damn it. Um... It's something barbecue? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Um... This one's a little bit harder so Red Museum isn't exactly like your go-to episode.
0: I actually really like that one. I really like Red Museum. Um that's one of our earlier disagreements. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no idea what the barbecue restaurant's called. Um, it's Frank's barbecue.
1: No, it's Clay's barbecue. Oh. It was like half right so that's fine. Would not have got that. <laughs> uh, uh no season 3 who plays the prostitute in Avatar? Uh-oh. This is like this is like a reasonably well-known female in like science fiction shows. So, not that I've watched any of the shows she's in.
0: <laughs> I have absolutely no idea at all.
1: All right, it's Amanda Tapping. Um, again, she's, I think she's in like Stargate or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, okay, this is enough. Sanctuary. I think. Okay, something like that. Um, this is actually hard. What is the name of the bowling alley in Elegy? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, there's like people listening who are like, I know this answer, David! <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it's, it's the boss, like who his boss is. It's like his bowling alley. Like named after him at a certain time at
0: night. I can see the guy. He looks like the old man from Up.
1: Yeah, what's his name? (laughs) (sighs) I love how I said these questions are
2: hard and you and I... Okay, well,
1: what is like name on the door in Apocrypha? The number on the door. See, that was too easy. That's too easy. I cut out. I cut out the question where I asked for the coordinates and
0: fight. The truth. <laughs> Thank oh. you. All right.
1: So anyway,
0: um, ch- uh, um yeah. does it start with a D?
1: No, there's a, like one D in it somewhere. But anyway, okay, it's Angie's
0: Midnight Angie. Bowl. Damn, it is Angie's Midnight Bowl.
1: Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite episodes. All right, so um. Season five: What is the phrase used to describe the monster from Folia 2? Remember he asked Scully to like look up this phrase in the X-files after they get oh, that it
0: hides in the light?:
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: OK. Yeah. You got
2: one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're only like halfway through. It's fine. All right, so fight the future. What is the name of the location that Mulder travels to in Antarctica?
0: Oh fuck. Um
1: you you could do like the actual spot where he goes or the general geographic term like I'll take either of them.
0: Uh it was in the middle of the ice and snow.
1: That is that's is correct. Um Yay. Yeah, it's, it's base one, and according to um, the little timestamp or whatever on the episode, it's in Wilkesland. I mean, it's so not it's, actually. We decide
0: that it's not, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I
0: remembered that from the explanation.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, season six. Uh, what is the name of the Brazilian psychic surgeon in Malagro? He was on one of the cards and I want to believe, like the <laughs> trading cards.
0: Um, it would have to be a Milagro question, wouldn't it?
1: I went for this. I was like, David, we'll never know.
0: <laughs> Is it Paul somebody? No, it's no.
1: It's, see, even Ali you knows know, it's pen Nascimento. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Speaking of shipwreck episodes... What is written on Mulder's baseball cap in all things?
0: Oh, um, Stonehenge Rock. Yeah,
1: there you go. (laughs) All right. Season eight, what notable X-Files face appears as a doctor in (laughs) (sighs) Permanum? Really, David? (laughs) This one is not that hard. Yeah, that one says something.
0: Is it Julian Anderson as Dr. Dana Scully?
1: (laughs) No,
2: come on. Like, one of the doctors that Scully meets with. It's, like, one of, like, not X-Files cast, it's X-Files crew. Yeah. It's a male.
0: Yeah.
2: impermanum. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, when she goes to, like, the, um, I think it's the military hospital, um, there's, like, a group of doctors that greet her, and in that (laughs) group... is a very, very well-known X-Files crew member.
0: Um, I know it's not Chris, because I normally see him when he's there. but He's I a have... really
1: big fan of winter precipitation. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just gave you the answer. Is it, yeah. is
0: it Mark Snow?
1: Yes. Yeah. It is. He plays one of the doctors.
0: Awesome.
1: All right. Season nine, and I didn't really have any good, like, crew questions. So, after the conclusion of season nine, how many episodes have Kim Manners directed? Oh, boy. Can um, we just send you to, like, Wikipedia more often, Dave?
0: <laughs> I'm standing with my hands clasped tightly behind my back to avoid the temptation to Google. <laughs> um... It would have been quite a big number, I imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he directed more than a quarter.
0: Okay. Okay, so it's a little well, bigger than I thought then. Yeah. Um, shall we say forty? No, that's not less. That's less than a quarter. Shall we say fifty-five?
1: Um, Fifty-two. Oh, okay. All right, and I want to believe what is the name of the drug used by the russian doctors just oh, to date his patients this was like a major part of I the real as well
0: it's not like i write down the names of the different medicines and stuff i'm not you
1: <laughs> i don't write them down and and i'm oh, sorry go, I memorize didn't, them then. i didn't use the drug at the time but i still remember <laughs> but i i do like use it every day at work but actually, Scully mispronounces it. It's ace-promazine, not ace-a-promazine. But, yeah, that's what Mulder gets injected with. And he gets injected with it, and he, like, succumbs to it quite quickly. I really don't think that's possible, but we'll just let that happen. Oh, I also have a bonus question okay. for you. What okay. am I up
0: to so far? Is it, like, free out of eleven or?
1: Well, uh, sure, let's go with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One and a half out of (laughs) eleven.
1: Is at least two. Um, Okay, the bonus question is, according to Mark Snow, what are the lyrics to the X-Files theme? Uh,
0: You told me this one before, I think. Um, The X-Files is a show with music by Mark Snow, yes (laughs)
1: thank you all right so you are not going to be on my team for x-files trivia (laughs) not Not that these are like what gets asked they're like who is this character and it's like a picture of baby william does that
0: mean i have to be on avi and tiffany's team then um
1: well i just
2: meant for like (laughs) yeah that's fine Justin and i will be on our own team You can beat your own team and like the rest of the world can fight you over it because like there's no freaking way I don't have this capacity
0: anymore. I guess Um, I need to order one of those we are not these people t-shirts. Yeah,
2: there you go. (laughs) (laughs) They're awfully famous now apparently.
1: (laughs) Jessa and I are these people. Jessa would have gotten like all of those. It's like frightening. (laughs) <laughs> so we have like an encyclopedic knowledge of the X-Files. Oh, Jesus. Which is, there's a big trivia event coming up in Los Angeles, and my team is going to win.
0: <laughs> so. so I would have thought I would have been pretty good, but yeah, you just go... You just wanted to embarrass me today, so. No,
2: I went for the easy <laughs> question. I said that we they were hard. I was I mean, on your team at, this time around. At least
0: when I ask questions like, what was the name of this this restaurant or something? It's because we've just watched those five episodes. <laughs> hey, this is exactly what I said. But, like, <laughs> what
2: else
1: was I supposed to ask? Like, when was Mulder born? 10 13. <laughs> like, there weren't a lot of options no, no, today. No,
0: no. no like, the, the one about Mark Snow being a doctor, I mean, that's absolutely fair game just didn't know that one so
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you like red museum so
0: i do like red museum yes
1: i remember talking about the episode with you too anyway
0: yeah, i know it's I, I like it i think it's one of my favorite season two ones but,
1: well you uh, have usually it's out of five and you've got like at least three right so like that's like we'll just say it's like three out of five and that's fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like
2: acceptable. Free of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it would be like. I, you know how the XLs are like mm, freaky in some ways, and I, I like, even though I don't don't particularly subscribe to it, but like I find numbers curious. You know, whenever they go into like we go into the discussion of like they lost nine minutes, I always found curious that we also back in the day only had nine seasons um but then now that you brought it up that they actually like the the clock goes to like nine twelve I wonder if we're gonna get twelve seasons now okay I would like someone to volunteer as the editor in Chief of XFN because I no longer have the energy
0: for it but like (laughs)
1: um maybe like Fox can just (laughs) take that over there's gonna be
0: 12 seasons but we have to wait nine years between each of them
2: there you go that's what's gonna David happen David will be like <laughs> oh, God,
1: <no. laughs> David will be like in his 70s that's yeah. fine
2: though no let's not like what what do you think now that we're talking about this David what do you think about the show ending, or not ending, or when should it end, or, like...
0: When should it have ended? Or not, like, now that we have a...
2: (laughs) Now that we have a tenth season, I know that you haven't seen it, and we we haven't actually seen the the finale, so it's not like we know what happens. And this is funny because I was just gonna say this, um, like, I remember even in 2008, And right now, it's really remarkable how even working for XFN, I am very (laughs) spoiler-free because I just don't have the time to go and search for people that have stolen, you know, call sheets or, or actually read the call sheets that got sent to us or whatever. But, like, I mean, do you think that... Do you really think, like, you know, Chris has said many times that the Expos could go on forever and ever since there's, like, so many stories to tell? Or, like, would you just prefer that it, there would be, like, a season Ooh. 11 and let's call it a day? What, What's yeah. your opinion? With, and Chris
1: has said that season 10 ends on, like, a really big cliffhanger. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> well, I mean, that's everything that I kind of had picked up as this was going along was that they were very hopeful it was going to come back beyond this for season 11 or something and that maybe it would be if not within a year's time but maybe within two years time and i guess mm-hmm. that's all going to depend on the business side of things on what the ratings are like and right. if everyone is agreeable to turn around so quickly and do that um i hope that the ratings are good enough that we can either get and a you know another mini series within a couple of years, or we can at least get a big movie and send this whole franchise out on a high. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, and from a, a storytelling perspective, I think that the X Files should have continued on where it hasn't, and that the flame should have been you know the torch should have been passed to Doggett and Reyes, and. It's all well and good saying the exiles can go on forever, but <laughs> eventually they are going, you know, uh, David and Gillian are going to look like their characters in. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: In. in uh, .com. Yes, yeah. thank you.
1: <laughs> I would still watch that, though.
0: <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those shows where, you know, I- I've said it so many times on this podcast this is a show where anything is possible. They could do any genre, they could tell any sort of story, and. Okay, there's going to be some sort of variance in degrees of success with that, but everything was possible from a storytelling perspective with this show. And the fact that they tried to open it up with some other characters so that it could have gone off and been its own thing and existed, I'm always going to be a little bit sad that they never sort of took the full leap of that, that we had that season nine where they had one foot forward, one foot back and not really Mm -hmm. sure what to do. So I think at some point they're going to have to wrap up the Mulder and Scully storyline and say that that's it with the X-Files until somebody else comes along and decides to do a complete reboot or something. Um, would it, you watch? It depends. I would probably be curious. I would certainly follow the news ahead of time. Um, yeah, I guess it really depends what they <laughs> would do with it. There's one reboot that's coming up in the very near future, which I have absolutely no interest in seeing, but I don't want to go into details because people will think it's for reasons other than it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So I, I'm ho- very hopeful that this is not going to be the end of X-Files. I think it, it is important. The way that they, we've the show has developed now, the way that they are, you know, the, the things that they are focused on, I think it's important that we do get a proper... Um, send off Yeah, a proper f- send-off, a proper finale, whether that's, you know, if this ends on a cliffhanger, then we, we need to have something else, whether that's another six episodes in two years' time or whether that is a movie that actually has a little bit of money for onset catering or something, you know?
1: <laughs> on <Not set> catering. <laughs> like, they just, like, hand David a bag of sunflower seeds, <laughs> you're like, this is it. No, that's a prop. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, they, Chris has said that they've already had, like, casual conversations about season 11, and it'll depend, obviously, on, on how it does, and the actor's exactly. schedule, and from everything I've heard... It- I think it's really likely. Like, I I don't think... That's
0: kind of the gist that I was... Yeah, like, I'm
1: expecting to, like, announce that. Like after you know the royal concludes, like I think they're putting so much behind it and they're airing it during at, right after football that like they expect it to do well, they want it to do well, and they want it to continue. Um, whereas like with I want to believe they were like, here's a commercial for it the night before, and no. like
2: that was kind of it. Um, yeah, like L. A. has signs like yeah, we saw billboards everywhere. <laughs> like, there's so many. Like, at this point, we're not hunting them, they're just coming to us. Yeah, they're just like, there, one more
1: drive.
0: <laughs> um, well, that's, that sounds good. I mean, that's a positive sign that, f- I mean, everything that led up to this is a positive sign that Fox believes in this and they want it to do well. So, fingers crossed, if the numbers are decent enough, we will get something else. And... Well, i guess we'll wait and see <laughs>
2: yeah the truth is out there
0: if we do get more can we keep on doing this though we'll come yes. back for the revival of the revival
2: yes. yeah yeah <laughs> i will just request like start like a starbucks die-in of some way so that like i can actually manage to be awake and have enough time to not only work but and also yeah. work for x instead of being
1: sponsored by ford the next revival will be sponsored by starbucks yeah
0: i'm
2: sure it'd be great
0: we <laughs> just need to do a crossover with weeds because she was always carrying starbucks around
2: <laughs> oh man i think i think i think we need to talk to chris about this and like Could you get, yeah, because, like, I Want to Believe was sponsored by Google. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: The show was always sponsored by Ford, although the revival was, like, a little heavily sponsored by By Ford. Ford. (laughs) There's, like, a couple Ford commercials contained within the first few episodes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like, you'll you'll know it when you see, you're like, this has been a commercial for Ford. Um... But I kind of miss like the old Tauruses where they're just driving around with like lariat stickers. But we've moved into the future. Skelly the yeah. Scully has like a backup camera now, and like she <laughs> owns
2: the car now. Now it's not like oh, it's a rental. No, now yeah, she. Car. I'm
1: not sure why she needs an SUV. SUV that's like ten times her size, but it's for I all don't. the
0: children she gave up. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> cruel. She she has like empty car seats in the back to remind her of what. Oh had. my God. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe she adopts them, or maybe she's gonna get like some dogs because she's sad and alone now, and so she'll need like a big car to carry
2: them around. You know, speaking for all the people that are under five four. We also like big cars, so.
1: You'd have to like jump to get in it. Like, Jillian Anderson can't even reach the lift gate of the car
2: she in. Well, there, now there are buttons
1: where you like, you know. So what if the button stops working? Okay, that's ridiculous. Well,
2: then you carry a step stool with you everywhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, I have to get one. I'm like, what else? Anyway, okay.
0: on that note, um, I guess it's a good, let's just remind everybody in case you didn't know that in two days there's going to be some new X-Files on TV, so um, my struggle is due to air on Fox in the US um, at 10pm Eastern, 7pm Pacific, but don't bet on that because the football (laughs) is guaranteed to run long. Oh god. Yeah. It's gonna be
1: like it's gonna be like ten fifty nine and we're gonna be like waiting.
0: You know, it's gonna be like the Super Bowl a few years ago when all the power went off yeah. and so there was what? just black cameras there for like two hours while they waited. Yeah. Oh god. Uh,
1: probably definitely going to happen. Um, uh, and the internet's gonna be so angry.
0: <laughs> and then the following night at a far more civilized hour is gonna be the second episode, Founder's Mutation uh which is 8 p.m. 7 central. So does that mean it's 8 p.m. on the west coast?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah, it it's it's I've it's never got the delay. Understood
0: how that works. So 8 p.m. eastern, 8 p.m. pacific, 7 central. Mm. What about mountain time? How does that work?
2: Um I don't know. (laughs) I think it's. I think that was always
0: my assumption. It's eight everywhere apart from central. I
2: think it's eight everywhere, but central. Yeah. And the way it works is that basically, each station has their own. It's not centrally transmitted, so each station has their own copy, or like a like an area, you know, has their own transmission. It's not live, so that's why. Yeah. But if it had been live, then yeah, definitely. that's what's going on.
0: Yeah, you know, I knew that it was it was aired later on the west coast because of the black worms in Tunguska. <laughs> the East Coast got a different version of the special effect.
2: Right. But see like the reason why it's ten seven Pacific on Sunday, it's because they're actually acting as if it were live because they're as making soon best as the use.
0: Finishes, yeah. It's yeah. X time.
2: Yeah. They so. they wanna make best use of those those ratings.
0: Yeah. So based so. on the frantic pace of my struggle, should we all be drinking coffee during the NFC Championship game?
1: Well,
2: if it's gonna run late you should have <laughs> <drink
0: time. Yeah.
2: laughs> Um, yeah, I would not overdo it because, unless you are for sure in the know that your bathroom will be available to go pee, (laughs) um, but, yeah, I mean, you don't want to miss a moment of my struggle, there's a lot of things compressed in there. I, I mean, not having seen the next mythology episodes, because, Uh, founder's mutation is not exactly a mythology episode it touches on it though it touches on it yeah but but it's not exactly a mythology one um i don't know just how much attention you really have to pay so that babylon and uh, my struggle to and home again do not seem like you missed on something but yeah, definitely. I've seen this episode more times that I can count for it now, and there's always something, I'm like, oh, I have to remember that, because I'm pretty sure that's going to come back to haunt me, but like, yeah, definitely don't, don't get off your couch, unless there's commercials happening.
1: Yeah,
0: for Ford. Oh. <laughs> well, don't get up if it's a Ford commercial, because it might not be a Ford commercial. <laughs> oh, exactly. there you go.
2: If they were any intelligent, they would, they would definitely do that yeah oh good i will i will totally carry this on for like future reference <laughs>
0: all right well we will sign off here then uh thank you avi thank you roy
2: you're welcome
0: yes, thanks for Pleasure. having me. thanks for letting yes. me quiz you <laughs> <laughs> that's getting edited out
1: <laughs> you could just do like the questions that you got
0: right <laughs> i'm gonna re-record my answers now <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's uh, listeners, thank you very much for listening. Please go to xfiles.news and go to x-files, talk x-files.com. Um I just want to say that, um, you know, as we're on the eve of the revival actually happening, um, it has been a, a lot of um, hard work doing this podcast over the last several months, and there have been times where it's like <laughs> I seriously lacked the energy for it. Um, but I'm so glad that we've stuck with it. I'm so f- glad that we've got through it and we're now here super excited to see these next six hours of x files and i just want to say thank you to those listeners that have reached out and said how much they've enjoyed the show um i got an email from michelle just a few days ago saying how much she liked the podcast thought we were a little bit hypercritical of seasons eight and nine which i apologize because (laughs) i did not want to be that person um
1: Garrett was, like, all up over, like, <laughs> and, like I'm, I'm assuming
0: I was reading between the lines and it was mainly she was complaining about Garrett, but. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, so it's, thank you. It's
2: just, it's just, it's hard. Those those seasons are hard because you, I mean, you could either, like, it's it's hard hating them because then you find things that you really really love and then it's hard loving them because you find things that you really really hate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not being hyper- hypocritical. It's just like it's, it's it's seasons that didn't quite find their fitting. Season 10 would have been the fitting for those seasons, but yeah.
0: We're not being hypocritical.
1: I'm... We're actually being
0: honest. You can't talk about those two, those two <laughs> seasons without the shudder's and could-haves, but yeah yeah so there's good there's bad and yeah yeah Yeah. so anyway thank you uh listeners and um (laughs) i hope you, you enjoy you've enjoyed everything so far and i hope that you will enjoy uh the next several episodes that we've got um don't give up
2: don't give up guys
1: Coronel's entities, the government conspiracies, but I've seen none of the about If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles, lose my
0: little mind. We should do a quiz then, like um. What is Fox Mulder's middle name? (laughs) What is Dana Scully's father's first name? (laughs) What is Fox Mulder's father's first name? (laughs) What is the name of the child that Dana Scully gave up to some random couple in Wyoming? Via FedEx. What is Scully's brother's oldest brother's Mm.
2: name? (laughs) What's that's a good question. What's the obsession with this freaking name? Why does everyone called William? <laughs> what is the
0: title of the 15th episode of the 9th season? <laughs> <laughs>